Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Imperfectly Empowered Podcast. I am your host, Anna Fulmer. Today I'm excited to introduce you to Leslie Bob. Leslie is an integrative nutrition coach and health consultant passionate about helping others improve their health with food. Here to share her expert advice on nourishing your body to amplify your impact, welcome nutritional pro, Leslie Bob. Hi. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? I am good. Where is the barn that you're at? I'm in, uh, I'm outside of Nashville. Oh yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. Wait, you're not from Nashville though, right? No, I live in Virginia. Yeah, okay. But, um, okay. In addition to BBG, I volunteer with an organization that's based here. That's and awesome. they're having their their big like annual gala fundraiser event this week. So uh, I just decided to come, yeah, just come stay. That's awesome everybody. Yeah. It's pretty fun. I love that. I love that. Well, welcome to the podcast. And for those of you listening and watching, we were just addressing, she's sitting in a barn that somebody has redone. Is it like a normal size barn? Like it's a big barn and just was redone for office space. Yeah. It's a, like a legit real red barn. Uh, but it has a, it. Like a like a loft up here. Yeah. And then there's, um, there's just a lot of tech stuff up here because this yeah. is sometimes like the um intelligence control center for the gotcha for the it looks like a barn on the outside but on the inside <laughs> right <laughs> that's awesome welcome to nashville uh yeah. well it is so it's such an honor to have you on the show leslie and i met at a conference with a group called the brand builders group i mean if you have been with me since the beginning you've met a lot of people from Bam- brand builders group on the show um, but uh, tell me, Leslie, a little bit about your background and how you even got into integrative nutrition. I mean, it's it's a pretty specific niched down field, and I would love to hear your story and what brought you there. Um, thank you for asking. And I'm like super honored to be here. So thanks for having me. Aww. But um I uh so I I always joke that I like this is the last field I thought I would be in. Uh, when I was a kid, I just did not, none of this stuff was even on my radar. I, my mom did the best she could, but my like three square meals a day all came out of a rectangular box. So, um, I didn't have any concept of like health other than what they taught in like that one like week of health class in school. That's exactly right. Um, yeah. So I grew up like, which typical... all we remember from that is sex education, right? None of us remember the health <laughs> part of that. I actually, the only thing I remember is when they would give you those um, plaque tablets for your teeth. Mm. Did they ever do that? Teach you how to brush your teeth? Nope. They Apparently used... we did not deserve that kind of education. <laughs> <laughs> they used to give you these little tablets that showed your teeth, like what plaque was on them when they were teaching you how to wow. brush your teeth. And it was always wow. like fun, but also a little like, you didn't want to like be the person with gross teeth in class. Yeah, no right? kidding. <laughs> you know what? So, My kids need that. Let's bring that back, people. <laughs> they need that. I mean, they were probably Seriously. like 10 carcinogens or something because in the 80s, we like to poison kids as much as we could. But uh, speaking of, I grew up on a typical like 80s convenience diet. And yeah. so it just was not... Um, not on my radar. My business partner grew yes. up with like, and it farm wasn't on food. our mom's radar, right? It wasn't right. on their radar either. Yeah, right. Yeah, they were just they were doing the best that they could. Since the fifties, mm-hmm. they were just or forties, maybe even they were like, "Hey, we can make your life easier with these microwave meals," you know. Right. Right. Um, so anyway, I didn't really get into any of this until I 
one day living my best, like dumpster fire life made a human. And then I realized I needed to like, know how to actually feed it and help it be mm-hmm. healthy. So, um, when my son was born, it was just really a game changer for me as far as paying attention to what I was doing mm-hmm. and how it affected my health and how it was going to affect his health. And I just, um, you know, this was like early, sort of earlier internet days. Um, so Google was not like the resource. Um, all mm-hmm. I had was like the food pyramid and, you know, I just started digging and started finding out all of these things that I was like, what? That's not mm. what I've heard my whole life. Um, and it I was very that's overwhelming. An interesting, it's an interesting point to pause on just for a second, because we forget this and you are very young. Like this, this goes to show how quickly technology has grown yes, and just yeah. our, our ability to access information, whether it is good or bad information. I mean, the fact that you growing up, or even I don't know what age you were in this phase of your life that you're talking about, you did not have access to the internet. I mean, that is really something to like, think about when it comes to just obtaining information that for good or for bad, we now have all of this information at our fingertips. And the fact that you had to take extra measures to find it, I'm just going to suggest there's something to be learned from that because information is too easy for us to access now. And it's too easy to get bad information is where I'm going with this. So I'm just pausing there because Leslie had to seek out information. And I guarantee you that included people because you didn't have the internet and resources from alive people. And I could be wrong about that. But anyway, I just want to pause there. Make sure when you're looking for information, you are cross-referencing it and making sure it's actually valid. Yes. Yeah. I was actually really lucky because I had been like dabbling here and there with community college classes. And Mm. I had a very research heavy background as far as college goes. So Mm -hmm. we had internet then this was about 20 years ago. Um, My son's about to turn 22. So we had internet back then, but it was like, you had to wait like three minutes for a page to load. And like, I can't even dial up. I can't even, I can't even like comprehend that now because if the page yeah. is taking three seconds, I'm already distracted. So, yes, um, yes. Oh, but, but yeah, back then, um, I, I just, I had already an understanding of finding credible sources and scientific method and, you know, how a basic research study should look. So I had, mm-hmm. I was like worlds ahead of what like other people might be when they're trying to find this research. So, but it was still extremely overwhelming because you have this this line of education from the authorities, the doctors and the government. And then I was finding out all these things about like completely saying the opposite, but they seem to be credible sources and they seem to make sense and it seemed to be solid science. So it, Mm. and then there was a lot and I was not affluent. I didn't have a lot going for me at the time. I was working with what I had. I was actually Mm -hmm. for a a short time, I was actually on food stamps. So as a single mom with a young child trying to like now feeling responsible for radically changing everything about my diet and lifestyle for the sake of my child, but not really feeling Mm -hmm. like I had the resources to do that. And I got like super overwhelmed about it. So all of that to say like, that's part of how I got to where I am because my, my first company that I started when I got into nutrition school was called real simple health, because I really just wanted to, I have this like way of translating Mm -hmm. this complex science and all of this 
overwhelming amount of information into something that's actually like understandable and implementable. Um, so I kind yeah. of leaned into that as like the service, the way that I would provide value for people because the information's there. They don't need me right. for the information, but it's, it's too much. Like I've already found it. I've already translated it and I've already tested it out. So that's, um, how I, I kind of felt called to provide value. Mm. Um, so it all just came about for my son and Mm -hmm. it came about not because most of the people that I've met in this space have come to this because they've had an illness that the medical community hasn't been able to fix for them. So they've learned how to do it themselves. And there's just some amazing stories of healing and transformation to be found, but that wasn't my story. My story was much more in a way, I guess, much more like vain because I've just always struggled with, I felt like I've always struggled with my weight and body image. Mm. And I, I didn't want my son to have the same struggles. He already Mm. was born Mm. stockier than his cousin Mm. and people get really like helpful about weight, you know? And Mm. so I didn't want him to have all of that around him. So I wanted to learn how to feed him better than, than I was fed, I guess. Yeah. Um, Yeah. 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 So through that, um, I found my way to nutrition school and I didn't necessarily find all of me secret magic. I mean, I know what you do in your past a little bit. So, you know, there isn't a magic right answer for that. Like you just have, (laughs) you have to just do the work and do what's right for your body. But I did find out that my son never actually had asthma um, that PMS isn't normal, that migraines aren't a thing you have to live with, that allergies aren't normal. Like I did find all of those things out because as we transitioned to eating just real food, all of that stuff went away. And I, you know, if you don't take a moment to look at, at what's going on, you might miss stuff like that. Cause it was an accident. Yeah. Those were all side effects. Yeah. And I, I just yeah. noticed, I was like, well, Hey, like all of a sudden we're just these like super healthy people that never get sick. And, um, I didn't realize how crappy I felt before because I feel really good now. Yeah. I was was just having this conversation with a woman who I forget what uh, the exact situation was, but she suddenly felt amazing due to uh, something that she had taken. And then she's like, wow, I didn't even realize I felt as bad as I was until I realized how good I could feel (laughs) and the energy and the clarity that I could live with. Um, And I think one of the things that you're pointing out that's essential for people to hear is that there is a lot of day-to-day struggle physically that we are experiencing that it is very possible that with what I call a pantry makeover, all natural, as my clients have heard me say many times, you might be shocked at how many of those chronic struggles lessen or resolve entirely. And if you have not listened to my podcast already already on whole food nutrition, does it really matter? It's worth taking a listen to. The fact is we don't actually have a lot of research behind it specifically yet, but it does not take a great stretch to imagine that just as if we fuel a car with the wrong gas, we could destroy the engine. It is also not a stretch then to suggest if we fuel our body with a gas or a fuel that was not designed 
for our body that we could destroy our engines. Like that is just not a far stretch at all. And the reality is artificial food was not meant to be processed in our bodies and broken down. So just kind of hear everything that we're saying here through that lens, because it really is an overhaul for some people who still have a lot of artificial ingredients within their home. So when we talk about all natural food, that is kind of the lens through which we are seeing it. It may not cure everything, but I think it's going to probably improve your life in a way that you may never have anticipated or did not realize. Um, We are something else that you mentioned. So everyone here is aware of the fact that I'm rolling out a new program called Early Morning Habit and empowering busy women to start their day being not doing starting our day with stillness and strength with quiet time and getting a time efficient and physiologically effective workout in. And I want to start asking my guests about their morning routines if they have one and what they recommend. You said something that I love. You said your key with a morning routine is get the hardest thing done first so that the rest of the day feels easier. I love this concept. Get the hardest thing done first. For you, what is the hardest thing? What is something that you typically are like, I'm just going to get this done first. So the rest of the day feels a little bit more downhill. Yeah. I, um, I love your new venture because I'm such a nerd about my morning routine. Like I love my morning routine. You own the morning, you own the day. Right. Yeah. And I'm, I'm really, really blessed right now to be in a place where I can just take a long morning routine. Mm. Um, but for me, so it's not the first thing I do, but it's definitely before I start my work day, it's yep. getting that workout in regardless yeah. of what it is. It's, and some days that workout is just walking for a few miles around my neighborhood. Some days it's a hit workout. Some days it's going to the gym before the sun, whatever the case may be. If I don't get it done before I start my day, it's really, really hard to stop my day to get it done later. Despite my best intentions, despite scheduling it in, I just really yeah. struggle with that. And I know that about myself. So one of my mentors says she has to stupid proof things for herself. And that's one of the ways I (laughs) have to do that. Amen. You know, I love that stupid proof things. It's so true, though. I mean, it's the littlest things that make such a big difference. It's like you have to just acknowledge the fact that you're human (laughs) and you need as many safety nets as possible to really protect you from yourself is what it comes down to. I love that. Get the hardest thing done first so that the rest of the day is a breeze. That is a quote from the Leslie Bob. Write it down. (laughs) I don't know if you've listened to any episodes before, but we play a little thing called this or that. It is super simple. No stress. You pick one or the other. So it's like, would you rather is really what I should call it. Would you rather coffee or tea? Coffee. Do you put anything in your coffee? Not usually. Sometimes, but in the morning, I just like it straight black in the afternoon yeah. I might have some cream in it I never put sugar I can't stand sweet drinks mm. yeah yeah I yeah my coffee is black do you have a favorite coffee no I don't we're a little obsessed I, with coffee over here so uh, I feel you I love I love tasting all the coffee yeah um so mm-hmm. I don't have a favorite at home but uh bulletproof brand is really good and I've noticed. actually never had Bulletproof, which is kind of shocking. I've never had, I found one that I love and it's like, I can't veer off of it. What is it? I should try Bulletproof though. So we, um, we get our coffee from Gobina Coffee and a little plug in for this company. So Gobina sources their whole beans from all around the world. 
um, from direct like farm to uh, factory, I guess, wherever they <laughs> box it up. Um, but Gobina is specifically partnered with an organization called Life Song for Orphans. So every bag of coffee, for example, that people buy from our Gobina fundraising link, we get 50% of the proceeds to help us cover our adoption costs. That's oh. how we first found Gobina. And now I'm obsessed with it because it's literally the best coffee I've ever had. So even once we've brought our son home and our adoption is complete, I will continue to buy from them because all of the proceeds go to helping parents um, awesome. raise funds for adoption. Yeah. And the coffee is legitimately amazing. A little plug in there. Gobina is my is my favorite. Well, that'll um, be the next one I try. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> I went to Guatemala Which, earlier this year. Sorry, real quick yes. story. And, no, uh, yes, please. Was, they have beans from Guatemala, actually. Yeah. So I went with an organization that works on empowering the um, the women, the Mayan women in the highlands to be entrepreneurs mm. and and uh, revive their culture. So we went to yes. this coffee co-op up there and got a whole tour from like seed to cup on how the wow. coffee is created. And it's like uh, sort of a beyond organic model. Um, and that yeah. coffee was amazing. but. I will definitely order from Gobina through your link and see how it is. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, it it's really neat. It's really neat to see how they've partnered with these farms. Coffee farms? Is that what they're called? I don't even know. Coffee bean farms? Okay, this is a very controversial question. I think you can handle it, though. Toilet paper, do you crumple or fold? I fold. You're a folder. Here's a the third folder. option. Actually, I always forget to add this because this is what I do. I'm a roller. Mm, okay. I pull it off and then I roll it. But you're a folder. For it's me, it's like, like all about time efficiency. Yeah, it's an efficient folding method. Rolling. I feel like that counts as <laughs> it folding. Is. You're right. You're right. It is kind of, it falls under the category of folding. It's just like a very quick roll around. Crumpling is too dangerous for my taste. But yeah, yes, folding is... Folding, I guess, yeah, rolling is a version of folding. Would you rather listen to country or pop music? Anything but country. <laughs> Despite being in Nashville. <laughs> She's in Nashville. You better be very careful. There's people going to be running and breaking down your door. You might I just, never be I allowed back. I, I never got the country vibe. I don't. Yeah, some just don't. They've, yeah, never been bitten by it. We love country over here. Uh, so who do you listen to? Let me ask you that. Who would be the literally, first person you like, turn on your... Like, I listen to literally everything but country. Um, so it yeah. just depends on my mood and my activity. If I feel like I yeah. need to be uh, brought to, like, a peaceful, just calm, happy place, I put on, like, Jason Mraz, something, like, yeah. really... I love I love his, like, lyrics and stuff. Um, if mm -hmm. I want more upbeat, I there's an artist called Caro Emerald that I really love. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. I just put on Caro Emerald radio on Pandora and just yeah. get a lot of like, it's like a Neo Sweden kind of fun girl vibe. Oh my gosh. I don't even know what that is. Neo Sweden. <laughs> is that what you said? Swing, like swing music, swing. but like swing. modern. Yeah. Okay. Um, I like oh, upbeat things with like horns and, you know, just that kind yeah. of stuff. So sort of like a jazz sort of vibe, sort of like a pop poppy kind of like like alt pop jazz i guess i don't know okay just check it out well, if I can't anyone, describe it. <laughs> yeah if anyone wants to check it out spell the first name caro c-a-r-o like like face c-a-r-o okay and then the last name was emerald like the gym 
Emerald. Caro Emerald. That's mm-hmm. fun. Um, fall or spring? Fall. And then winter or summer? Fall. <laughs> um, no, I I love all, all four of the seasons. <laughs> yeah. I love all four. I live in, in Virginia. We get great seasons and they're all yeah, just same. Something. We're in Pennsylvania. So we're real. Close. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's all just something yeah. new and fresh and fun to transition to. Yeah. Um, if I had to choose, I'd say summers probably just because we don't get like, you probably get better winters than we do. It's mm. like iffy if we even get snow. Sometimes mm. we just get like, oh, see, that is a better winter for me. less snow is a great winter oh i'm just sort of like if you're gonna experience the thing like experience the whole thing so i hear you there without snow is annoying yes amen see actually i feel like that's very much pennsylvania unfortunately okay we didn't even get snow last year which i was very happy about but then you just get that like gross 40s all year long which is cold for no reason cold for no reason there's not even pretty (laughs) cold Right. Oh, but we will be grateful for something in that. Um, so we're talking about gut health. This is quite the transition we just made here. But um, I think the first question we need to ask ourselves before we can even talk about good gut health, we need to be able to define poor gut health. How do we even know? Literally, like we just talked about, you don't even know that you feel bad until you feel good sometimes. So when we're talking about gut health, what would be sort of a measurement you would give to someone to even assess whether or not they might be struggling with poor gut health? And then take that to the next step. How does poor gut health affect brain function? Because that's your whole, the gut-brain connection is one of your specialties. So tell us how we know we have poor gut health and then consequently how poor gut health might be affecting really just the rest of our life. Hey parents. Yeah, you. Are you looking for a podcast your kids will really love? Well, we made one just for you. And for us. As genuine, all-natural kids ourselves, we know what makes a fun and interesting podcast. So we decided to make it ourselves. Every show is packed with interviews, stories, and on-the-ground reporting. We have interviewed everyone from scientists to Grammy Award-winning musicians to NFL quarterbacks. Listen to Wild Interest wherever you get your podcasts. So um, the first thing, I don't want to be that guy that just makes it sound like my product is for everyone. Sure, I hear you. um, But my product is for everyone. (laughs) Right. But the first thing you need to know is that our modern lifestyles are like designed detrimentally to gut health. So even if you're Mm -hmm. fine, it would still benefit you to focus a little bit on just some gut nourishing practices because everything Mm -hmm. that you do throughout your day is probably kind of wearing down your gut. So just like your car used a car metaphor earlier, just like your car needs some routine maintenance because just the wear and tear of the road is hard for it your gut also similarly needs some routine maintenance just because, you know, all of the things that we're exposed to and experiencing on a day-to-day basis is hard for it. And it can eventually break down. And by the time you experience any symptoms, that process has been happening for a long time. Mm -hmm. So it's better to just kind of preemptively heal your gut before waiting until you wait 
you know, and not wait until you get symptoms. That being said, what symptoms can look like very drastically from person to person, because your gut is like, it's like your skin inside your body. It's the barrier from the outside world on the inside of your body. And if something gets through it, it can create havoc in your body, but that might look differently depending on how your body responds than how my body might respond. Mm -hmm. But some very common symptoms of poor gut health, um, the most common lowest hanging fruit are digestive issues. So a lot of my clients, um, they have trouble eating, basically. Uh, Food may cause them pain or headaches or, or lethargy. They might get sleepy after they eat. They might get an overactive digestive system and need to stay near bathrooms. A lot and of gas, for example. A lot of gas or a lot of poop. Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of a lot of people are being held back from their lives because they have to plan their day around bathroom availability. Mm-hmm. Um, some people don't go much at all. And that's also a symptom of gut damage. Um, heartburn, uh, acid reflux, gas, um, too much poop, too little poop, all of these things, pain, all of these things are like very obvious gut health symptoms. But what a lot of people don't know is that gut health, uh, gut damage can also contribute to autoimmune disease, um, chronic pain, um, allergies, particularly skin conditions. Um, and then also, uh, mental health problems. Um, you could get headaches, you can get, um, brain fog, trouble concentrating or focusing, um, depression, anxiety, uh, even things. So like so drastic as um, autism and schizophrenia and bipolar disorder and Parkinson's disease and Alzheimer's disease have all been linked recently in studies to the microbiome. So if there's anything wrong with you, you may have gut damage, like basically Mm. is the short answer. Mm. Mm -hmm. And then how ultimately, I mean, you kind of already hit this, how it's almost like a reverse. If you have some of these issues, then you probably have poor gut health. And then consequently, if you don't take care of your gut, then you could end up with these um, specific issues. What would you say are five things that we can start doing to improve our gut health? What are five practical ways that we can change what we're doing or do more of what we're doing to improve gut health? Um, That's a great question. I actually get asked that a lot. So there's a uh, downloadable on my website actually with five things you can do today. Uh, So the things that we try to start people out with, the the like easy changes that you can make are, um, and this might be different than the ones on the downloadable. So don't get mad at me. I'm not lying to you. They're all good things. Hey, more is more. This is great. You get more than what you got on the download. So you had, um, you had mentioned earlier, um, and, and I know you had a really good episode last season about, um, like emotional connections to eating. Mm, And that's a big part of have of healing. And a lot of these digestive issues have been linked to trauma and emotional distress. Um, Mm. Stress is horrible for your gut and trauma is like the ultimate form of stress, right? So one of the first things that, that we teach people to do in our program is actually just to take a deep breath or three before you eat. 
because mm. downregulating, switching from that fight or flight to the rest and digest. I don't know if you've ever heard that. No, phrase, I love that. The, Say that again. Say that again. Yeah. The, the opposite of fight, fight or flight mode is rest and digest mode. So when you're running from a tiger, which Again, our bodies, I I say again, because so many people talk about it, but our bodies don't know the difference between running from a tiger or having a a performance review with your boss or the kids being late for school. That level of stress is meant to be intermittent and acute, not chronic. And we're in chronic states of stress. So we're always in this fight or flight mode. And that when you're in that mode, your body is really, really smart. And it takes all of your resources, your blood flow and that sort of stuff and puts it to your heart and your extremities so that you can run or fight or whatever it is that you need to do. It's not worried about digesting the burger you ate for lunch. If it thinks you're going to get eaten by a bear, it's just going to take the resources away from your gut and digestive system to put it into your legs. so You can run from the bear and then the gut, the hamburger just sits there. So what we want to do is shift from that high energy state of fight or flight into the opposite of that, which is rest and digest. When you're safe from the bear, then your body knows, okay, now we can digest. Now we can sleep. Now we can like heal. Now we can assess any damages and work on, you know, all of that kind of process. It doesn't happen in the fight. It happens after when you're safe. So it's really important to let your body know, Hey, we're safe right now. This is okay. We're good. We're safe. So just taking a breath, two or three breaths, really deep belly breaths before you eat is just going to like do wonders for how well you're able to pull the nutrients from your food, break that food down and pass it through your body and how well it's going to nourish, nourish you on the inside. Just so many of us anyway, just need to tell ourselves, Hey, I'm safe. We're safe. Yes. We're okay. Yes. Deep breath. Right. Sorry. Quick five. I don't do quick. Apparently. (laughs) Hey, this is great. Number one, breathe before you eat. That's a great (laughs) lesson for all of us. Breathe before you eat. Um, another great one is just moving your body. Your body needs to move. It doesn't, that doesn't mean doing intense workouts three times a day. It just means moving your body. Uh, you can walk, Mm -hmm. you can, um, do yoga, you can stretch, you can just get up and whatever you need to do, just move your body. The more you can stay in motion throughout the day, the better that is metabolically, as I'm sure you know very well. Um, but taking a walk after you eat actually helps on multiple levels with digestion, but also just on on where you store those calories that you just ate. Like it opens up the glucose channels to your muscles so that your muscles are taking in the glucose and not, you know, your fat cells and, and your liver and stuff like that. So it helps you process the food probably in ways that you would prefer to do. Uh, but it also helps you digest the food. So if you just I love that you guys, that's a practical tip right there. And that's a great sense of like, if I'm going to move at some point in my day, right there is where you can move. So as y'all have heard me say before, movement's not the same as exercise. Leslie literally just said that as well. So we're talking about that non-exercise activity thermogenesis, where we want to improve our metabolism, our resting state. This is a way to do that. Eat lunch and then go for a walk. You don't have to be in workout clothes. Just eat lunch, go for a walk. Yeah. It Love doesn't it. have to Sorry. be a long number walk. two. No, you're yeah, good. Walk, right. walk for 10 minutes. Fresh like air. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so that's number two. Number three is water, uh, particularly first thing in the morning. So one of the things my business partner always teaches people is that when you're sleeping, your body is kind of basically like 
uh, cleaning itself up, clearing itself out, repairing things. So it's basically the cleanup crew comes in, bags up all the trash and puts it on the curb. Now in the morning, either the trashmen can come and take the trash away or the trashmen don't come and the raccoons come and bring all the trash back in the house and spread it all over the neighborhood. Mm. So if you want the trashmen to come and take the trash away, drink a glass of water first thing in the morning before you do anything else, just flush it out. So that's uh, one that would be tip number three is just start your day with a nice big glass of water. It's important to hydrate throughout your day, but start your day with a nice big glass of water. Like I am all about do the best you can where you are and baby steps. And if you struggle with water, I'm just going to ask you to drink one in the morning and then Mm -hmm. we can go from there. This will also help limit palpitations from your caffeine. This is one of my number one tips for women who are like, I cannot drink caffeine first thing in the morning or coffee. You probably need to be drinking more water first thing in the day. Anyways, excellent. Start your day with. No, I love that our tips are like the same because it like there are certain things that I'm sure you've noticed too. Just Mm -hmm. no matter what like context you're looking at, like there are certain things that are just good for you. Period. You know. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So number, um, I'm going to shift into actual eating tips now Mm -hmm. and it's hard to pick just, just two more, but I'll say, girl, you can um, do more than five. I literally picked (laughs) five, but I mean, go for it. So I would say, um, the number four would be eating fermented foods. Studies show time and again, fermented foods. foods. Oh, fermented. Fermented. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Studies show time and again that one of the best things that you can do to improve the diversity of your microbiome and diversity is a good thing is Mm -hmm. eating fermented foods. It's better than Mm -hmm. taking probiotics. You get more diversity of microbes in one forkful of like homemade sauerkraut than you would in an entire bottle of probiotic pills. And it's Mm. pennies, half pennies on the dollar to make sauerkraut Mm -hmm. at home. uh, And give us more examples of fermented foods. Okay. So ones that you can buy are um, kombucha, kefir. um, Like there's a lot of fermented drinks now that you can find in the Mm -hmm. refrigerator section at the grocery store. Some of them have a lot of added sugars, but they're still going to have those probiotics. Yogurt, Mm -hmm. again, lots of added sugar if you buy it, but you can get cleaner varieties. Um, Sauerkraut, properly made sauerkraut. So it should be in the refrigerator section, Mm -hmm. not in a can. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also a lot of fermented vegetables that are becoming more popular that you might be able to find in the refrigerator section or make at home very easily. You can ferment pretty much any vegetable. Um, so snacking veggies make really good little additions to your plate, like carrots, green beans, um, even cauliflower, like things like that. You can, they ferment. How do you really ferment well. the vegetables at home? Um, I've got some free YouTube videos about that, but, um, look at that. The quick, the, the quick, easy answer is um, you just need salt and in most cases, water, like a good quality salt and water. Okay. And you, you're basically just creating an environment where pathogens don't grow and the natural mm. microbes that are on the food are able to grow and flourish. And they do a lot of like magic chemical processes with your food where they create all these beneficial byproducts that are like digestive enzymes and like all of these really delicious things for you, as well as just those microbes themselves are really good to get into your gut and your digestive system. And then they also, what is your YouTube channel called? Give me your YouTube channel name. uh, So this is like 
horrible branding because I'm transitioning brands, but the YouTube channel no is culturalrevivalists.com. Cultural, cultural revivalist. Revivalist. Okay. Cultural revivalist for the YouTube channel to check out how to ferment food at home. Cause I'll be honest, I don't like most fermented food. So therein lies a challenge. It's kind of an acquired taste. Um, it can be, but when you do it at home, you can play around with what it tastes like. Yes. Right. And, and there's what, yeah. always something somebody will like, like we've had a client yes. that was really particular about foods, but he needed, like he needed them so bad. His gut is so bad, but he finally found that he loves fermented jalapenos. That's like the one he will eat. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So there's, there's always something. Right. There. <laughs> right. There's I mean, always we're huge Greek something. yogurt fans is one of mm-hmm. my top like natural Greek yogurts are if you're wanting some sort of easy entry, but still all natural, obviously, assuming you don't have dairy intolerance, but um, fat free natural Greek yogurt is often, generally speaking, people can tolerate that if yeah. you don't want fermented jalapenos. Well, <laughs> and you can do like coconut milk yogurt also. So mm. You can, yeah, that's you, true. And that's still going to be can. fermented. This clearly shows my mm-hmm. ignorance with yeah. the fermentation process. There you mm-hmm. go. So it doesn't have to be dairy. Yeah. Right. So, um, and each one of them has different benefits. So yogurt has okay. been studied a lot in for decades in the, in the literature, yogurt, um, has certain benefits in your body. That's different than what sauerkraut has. Mm. Um, mm. and then the, the additional benefit of fermentation is that it sort of unlocks things from your food that normally aren't really available to us through digestion. Like sauerkraut has vitamins in it that are different than you would get from raw cabbage or cooked cabbage. Hmm, It has like tons of B vitamins and all kinds of cool stuff. So fermentation is just super cool. It's how I got into gut health. It's one of my favorite Hmm. things because it's like science and art and magic Hmm. like all at once. Um, (laughs) Fermentation magic. Right. You, it's, it is. you know, you're a nutritionist when. <laughs> right. Um, so then I love it. So number four, fermented foods. Yes. Number five, I would say is um, just being really mindful of the chemicals that you're putting in and on your body, because all of those chemicals are damaging to your gut microbes. So um, that's everything. Like most women put something like 87 chemicals on their skin just as part of their morning routine. Mm -hmm. And many of those chemicals are disruptive to your microbiome and your endocrine system. Um, And then we have chemicals in and on our food, in the plastics our foods are in, or if you're microwaving your food in plastic, you're getting all of these like forever chemicals from the plastics in your food. It's it's coming from everywhere. So it's impossible to completely get rid of them. I don't want people stressing out over it, but I want you to be mindful of it. Any uh, medications you're taking um, over the counter or prescription medications, alcohol, all of that stuff can, is all adding to your overall like damage load. So just be mindful and try to start cutting them back when you can. Any of that artificial stuff. I like how you mentioned, I like how you mentioned damage load, because I think that's a great concept. Because it, it can be very overwhelming. And as you just mentioned, especially for women, one of the number one struggles for most women is that feeling of overwhelm. And you said it so well that you want to to make nutrition simple. And so I just want to highlight this concept because I think you're doing it beautifully is we're talking about the the total load and where you can lighten some of it for your gut. Are you going to totally eliminate it? 
not on this side of eternity, probably not if you want to like actually function day to day, but how can we lighten that load on your gut and improve just your profile for gut health? And so I think those are really practical ways. So the practical tip I'm taking away from number five is just simply don't microwave plastic as much as you possibly can. That is There's a like a fantastic, really simple, yeah. fantastic. Yes. Those yeah, plastics should not, away. they really shouldn't go in your dishwasher and they shouldn't go in the microwave. Plastics are not mm. good for heat. Um, but mm. if you, if you can't hand wash all your Tupperware, fine, just don't microwave it. Like that's, that's the one thing. Or I buy glass you. Tupperware. That's something we've started doing. There's like a lighter glass. Uh, clearly I don't know what it's called, but there's like a lighter. Cause a lot of the Tupperwares are nice cause they're light. Mm-hmm. And there's like glass ones that you can buy now that are thinner, still really sturdy, but they are glass. They're not um, plastic, but they're also not like the heavy duty, like baking dish type of um, glass either. So there's a bunch of them yeah. on Amazon. And you guys silicone, silicone's a good alternative. It's it's less oh, interesting. Toxic. I didn't it doesn't, know that. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't break down as easily as the plastic does. So, but glass okay. and silicone cost more than plastic. So if you're not, if that's not accessible to you yet, that's fine. Just don't microwave in the plastic. Like that's a great first first step. There are the polar bears in Antarctica have microplastics in their system. Like we're not going to be able to be completely clean. And I don't want that to be discouraging. I just want it, you to not stress out over it. Yeah, um, it's realistic. But just, yeah. yeah, do do the simple things that you can. And mm-hmm. when I was starting on, I I picked one thing. Because like I said, I was overwhelmed and I didn't have a lot of resources. And I just decided I was not going to buy anything with high fructose corn syrup in it. Mm. And that shift alone changed so much about my diet. And that's all. Mm. I didn't worry about any of the other chemicals on the the ingredients list. I just checked to see if it had high fructose corn syrup in it. And I didn't buy it if it did. Um, Another, I love that. You guys, if you have not already done a pantry makeover on natural, then that is such a great way because you will be shocked how much that eliminates. I mean, you guys, your ketchup, it will change what you buy. Ketchup, bread. you do not even realize how much sugar is getting. Bread. Bread can have yes, it in bread. it. Yes. It's ridiculous. Yes. You don't need yes. that in bread. <laughs> yes, you guys. Fun fact. This yeah. is the reality. We use something like high fructose corn syrup, for example, pretty much more than any other country in the world, meaning we are adding more sweeteners to our food than most of the rest of the globe, which is why when you travel, the food tastes so drastically different. Um, Oftentimes it is because it is not nearly as sweet. So there's so many reasons. That's a great, I love that. It's very simple. One thing, one thing Mm -hmm. that would be a great way to start. Yeah. So if you struggle with um, obesity or diabetes, that's a great one to start with. If you have children especially if your children struggle with things like ADHD or um, mood regulation, I would say instead of that one, I would start with removing artificial food dyes. Like just that Mm. one change is going to make a huge difference in the Mm. lives of your kids. So love that. Yeah. So many tips, Um, so many tips. We, we already went way beyond five tips, which I love what you have a program that you, I didn't, wasn't sure the name of it. It's literally like nourish your body, amplify your impact. And it's an awesome, I love what you guys do, but tell us a little bit about how practically you can help people move forward with these types of changes. Yes. Thank you. This is actually, um, it's an, uh, 
newly organized framework that we have. Um, so I'm really actually excited about it. So I'm glad that you asked me and gave me a chance to, to share. Nourish to Amplify is the company name. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I said it was horrible branding because cultural revivalist is an old thing, but we're working on <laughs> we're that. All works in progress. Like, I mean, right. welcome to the business world. Absolutely. Right, exactly. So Nourish to Amplify is the company name. That's the website, Nourish to Amplify. I love that. Because that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to nourish high performers and entrepreneurs and business owners so that they can amplify their um, impact in the world. Because there are so many of us, women especially, but also men, we have a mission, we have a purpose, and and we're being held back from it because of all of this um, stress about food and our health. And like, I, like it dawned on me one day, what world problem I might've been able to solve if I hadn't spent so much of my energy obsessing over what I'm supposed to be eating, when, how much, how I look, what to wear, like all of that stuff. So all of that has gone into the over two decades of education and practice that my business partner have combined. We have like at least half a dozen degrees. All of the stuff has all come and culminated in this framework that we use to help people break free from all of that and really just be a hundred percent themselves in their lives. Um, And it, involved it actually spells light which is a lot of fun in mm. my mind um so we we have this light framework that starts with liberation because it's really important to address why you want the changes whose expectations you're trying to meet and what your relationship is with food and your body on a deep subconscious level and a lot mm. of people dig up some crap in this in this step um about not loving themselves or about how they feel about the value that their weight has on them or Mm -hmm. about the associations that they've started to form with food or the identity that they have of being sick, like just all kind, all of that kind of stuff, Mm -hmm. Um, societal expectations of how our body should look and what they should, you know, how they should work, all of that. You can't make these lasting changes if you don't address that stuff. So we want not light. L is not the light part of light. (laughs) No, it's, if we're you just do coming, that in, first, coming in strong, <laughs> coming in hot, heavy. Yes. Yes. But like then I said, you do that work, get the hard <laughs> thing out of the way first. Right. That's exactly right. <laughs> right. Amen. At least we're consistent. We're consistent. Right. Right. And then I the, love so the it. I, no, that's great. So true. Yep. Um, the I is individuality. Um, there's a reason why all of the things that you've tried in your life haven't worked for you. And it might be because the people that created them aren't living in your body. Your body is different and unique, and it's just going to take a different answer. So we really hone in on repairing that relationship with your body so that you can hear what it's telling you because your body knows what it needs. And only you can hear that. I don't know what your body needs. You're the only one that is positioned to be the expert on your health. So we just want to help you like open that line of communication. And then the GH is gut health for obvious reasons. Um, and then the T is traditional food. And that takes us back right. to that, like focus on real foods. We are not about restricting. We're not about um, like, we want to give people, we spend a lot of our time giving per- people permission to eat things again, because mm-hmm. they just, we've been taught for so long. This is good for you. That's good for you. This is bad for you. That's bad for you. That's bad for you. If you listen to all the experts, you can't eat anything. And honestly, a lot of our clients come to us so restricted because they've heard from Dr. Gundry that tomatoes are bad. And they've heard from their nutritionist that meat is bad. And they've heard that dairy is bad. And they've heard that grains are bad from all the paleo and keto people. And they've heard, Mm -hmm. you know, like 
when people start taking away even your vegetables, then it doesn't leave you with much to eat. And your body will shut down if you're not feeding it properly. And then if you're adding to it chronic stress from trying to eat right and not eat at all, Mm -hmm. your body doesn't like we have clients whose hair is falling out and they can't get through the day without a nap. And they don't know what's wrong and they're trying so hard and and they just can't figure it out. And we're like, okay, let's back up and eat. Yes. We have to retrain you to eat. But this is like what you were saying earlier. Your body was not made in a factory and your food shouldn't be either. Every cell, like we all hear you are what you eat, but it is very well scientifically understood that your cells are constructed and instructed by everything that you're putting in and on your body. Yeah. So what you eat matters. And if you just try to focus on the food that you're eating, being as natural as you can, then you're going to be okay. You know, there might be specific food intolerances depending on your body, but for the most part, we want to open up what, what we're eating. As long as it's real, it's fair game. And then if your yeah. body says, no, thank you, don't eat that one. But yes, let's, yes. Know. Or as I say, if it's from the earth or it can give birth, then it's nice. probably fair game. <laughs> I like it. Um, where can people find more of you and what you do or sign up for the program? You mentioned you're especially trying to help leverage. What I'm hearing is, is do you just serve women primarily or men and women? We serve men and and women. Yeah. yeah. Um, we do have men come through a lot of guys, they have a, a different stress load and, yes. and it really manifests a lot digestively yes. in a lot of yes. men. Oh, interesting. So. Yeah. And so where can people learn more about what you do? And if they're interested in your program, how do they sign up for it? So nourish to amplify.com is the website. You can go there and download the fast five tips, um, downloadable. You can schedule a free call and chat with us about your situation, see what the next steps are. Um, you can do all that on the website, nourish to amplify.com. Nourish to amplify.com. This is Leslie Bob. She is such an amazing woman in real life as well. I really enjoyed chatting with you when I met you at the conference and you just have such a passion to help really to help people. Like you just said, use food to live um, a more meaningful, impactful life and to enjoy it more. So I just pray God's blessing over your heart, your home, your son, your 20 year old son. I cannot believe you have a 20 year old son. Um, and yeah, such an honor to have you. Thank you. Thank you. It's been great. And I enjoy every bit of our conversations.